listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. What is up, everybody? Ted Shuttlesworth back with you on the podcast again today. And uh, I have got my coffee right here. Uh, That was a rough sip. Went down the wrong way. I'm back. Uh, uh, um, Yeah, so I'm here back with you. As you saw from the title, (laughs) that was a weird way to start a podcast. Um, as you saw from the title, got a great, great topic for you today. We're going to talk about five must haves when choosing a new church, five must haves. You know, I have people that write our ministry and they say, you know, I'm moving to a new area, uh, or whatever. And we're trying to find a good church and and we can't seem to find one. So we're considering just, you know, having church from home, uh, or whatever, just logging in on the live stream to watch somewhere else. And no, I do not recommend that whatsoever. And it's not that I'm against live streams. As you know, you know, we're doing live streams all the time. You know, we do it in the morning, every Monday through Friday at 10 30 AM, by the way, on Facebook live, uh, we live stream our meetings, you know, when we're traveling on the road. So it's not that I'm against live streams. It's that I'm for the Bible. And the Bible instructs us in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But as we see the day of the Lord approaching, we're to gather all the more together, not less, but more. Um, And that's not what this podcast is about as far as the purposes and the benefits of attending church and being around people of like faith. But obviously there's more to going to church than just um, you know, attending, there's more to it than that. There's, um, it also has to do with what your purpose is among the body. You know, we have to know that yes, we receive when we go to church, but we also, God uses us to be a blessing to other people. So as we're talking about this today, it's very important to keep that in mind. But when people say to me, you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm going, I'm in a new place and, you know, I just can't find any, any place that I'm happy with or, you know, whatever, find a place, you know, find a place. Uh, it's say, well, I, with the place I move, it seems like there's no good churches. Then move again, move somewhere else because the most important part of your life is where you're planted in the house of God, you know, very, very important. So, uh, for people that are, writing in, asking this, maybe you are listening to this today and you've even wondered this. How do I choose? What steps do I take to choose a good church? How would I know if a church is worth going to, you know, for me? And obviously those of you that are listening to me um, on the podcast, you probably uh, believe, at least I would hope a little bit like I do. (laughs) I would hope it's just not all critics listening to the podcast. I hope you hold the same type of belief system that I do, or that I'm encouraging you to do that from the word of God. But, um, if you believe like I do, and you're listening to this, then these five things are going to be like literally the highest priority on the list that if your church doesn't meet these five standard, um, 
requirements, in my opinion. I call them requirements because I would not attend a church um, that didn't have these five things in operation. I just wouldn't go. I would find another place if I had to. I just wouldn't do it. So I'm going to give you these five, and I need you to mark them down, and I need you to keep it in mind because if you ever find yourself in a church that even if one of these five things— that's how serious they are, by the way. If you're in a church and even one of these five things is not present regularly in the church, you know, they, all five of these may not be present in every service. And you'll see what I mean when we get into it. But if five, if all five of these are not present in the church at some point in time regularly, you need to get out of that church and go find another one where these five things are happening, where they are present and I, I'm telling you, I so believe in this that I'm not just calling them suggestions. I'm calling them requirements for a church that I'd attend because it is so, so important where you are planted as a believer. So important where you're planted as a believer. You can't go to a church that has none of these things or even only a few or a couple or one and think that you're going to do okay. Even if you grew up in church and you know better you know, then some of these things that it may be not, it's not happening at your church, but you're like, well, you know, I know better. I've been in church a while and I understand your kids don't, you know, your kids only see what you're showing them about God now and they don't have the knowledge you have. So even if for your kids, you've got to have these things present in the church you attend, if it's going to be a church worth planting yourself in and staying faithful to for any considerable period of time. So let's jump into these and I hope that you receive them in the right spirit. I'm not being critical by any means of any church or any individual group of people. I'm just showing you these are elements that can be generically applied anywhere that must be present in the church you attend uh, if you're going to call it home. All right, let's jump in. Number one, the first must have, the first requirement of any church that you would be comfortable attending is that number one, they believe that the Bible is God's inerrant word. They believe the Bible is God's inerrant word. That is primary. That is number one above all else. And you say, well, what doesn't, wouldn't all churches believe the Bible's God's word? No. Especially in this postmodern generation that we're living in, where people are questioning everything and, you know, there's no clear black and white truth. You know, there's gray areas and, you know, nobody can really know what is true. Truth is, is always skewed by your situation and truth is always skewed by your environment. And so what's true for one person might not be true for somebody else. That's not true. There is clearly defined truth as far as applicability and everything else. I mean, there is clearly defined truth. Truth cannot be skewed. Principles cannot be skewed by your situation. If it's true, it's true. The law of gravity is true. Doesn't matter if you're a homosexual or a Christian. Doesn't matter, you know, if you're black or white, rich or poor, the law of gravity is true. There's, I don't care how postmodernistic you, you get on that and try to sit around and discuss it and say, well, you know, in my experience, I don't really find that gravity is that true. No, it's true whether you want it to be true or not. 
So I don't care. You take everybody to the top of a building. You take, you know, Holy Ghost on fire Christians, practicing homosexuals, Muslims, black people, white people, uh, Puerto Ricans, uh, men, women, tall, short, rich, poor, any demographic that you can find and take them all to the top of a building and tell them all to step off the ledge, guess what? The law of gravity is going to be true for every one of those people. There are things that are clearly true and always true, and the word of God is one of those things. And I want to read to you a scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 3, and he's writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy, and this is what he says in regards to God's word. He said, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God. God has no error within him. He is perfect. And if he inspired the scripture, then the scripture itself is perfect. There is no error in the scripture. And so it's so vital that your church believes this and that we don't just believe that, you know, the Bible is just another good book. You know, it's a good baseline to, you know, to kind of set your life on a track of success. You know, that it's it's one of the books among many other holy books like the Quran and other books with, with, within the world. No, the Bible stands alone as a supernatural book. In fact, did you know, this is like one of those theological pieces of tidbits of information for you if you didn't know this, that the Greek word that's used by Paul here in Second Corinthians, or excuse me, Second Timothy 3.16, where he says, all scripture is inspired by God. That Greek word inspired by God, it's actually one word. It's like a compound word. And it's the only place in all of the New Testament that this word is used. In fact, the word is the word here in the Greek is theonostos. All scripture is theonostos, which actually is made up of two words, theo, which is God, and neustos, which comes, you know, it's also pneuma, where we get, it's the breath of God. So if you were to study the subject of pneumatology, that is the study of the wind or the breath or the spirit of God. It's the study of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what pneumatology is. We offer that course in Miracle Word University. It's the study of the Holy Spirit or the more literally the wind or the breath of God. So here Paul is saying to Timothy, all scripture is theonostos, God breathed. That's literally what that uh, word means if we transliterate it into English. It's all scripture is God breathed. It came out of the mouth of God to the writers of those books, and they received the breath of God into their spirit and wrote exactly what God said that they were to write. 
He didn't turn them into robots. As you can see, as you read through the Bible, their personality is, is it comes through in their writing. So everybody's book doesn't sound the same as like the same person wrote it. You know, 66 books make up the Bible and you look at the different writings and you can clearly see the emotions of those people and the, um, you know, the personalities of those writers come out in the books. However, what they wrote on those pages was inspired by God. It is theonostos. It is God breathed. There is no error in the Bible, not one. It is the supernatural substance of God's word. And if you were to go to a church that doesn't believe that, you've got major, major problems from the outset. Major problems. Well, what is what, what am I talking about? Well, you'd have problems because as some churches in this postmodern society have tried to point out, well, you know, the Bible's an old dusty book and, you know, uh, people don't believe it anymore as much. And it's not really, there was one popular pastor, I won't name his name on my podcast, but he got into huge trouble recently with the denomination he holds credentials with because he did a series in his church and basically made the statement that the Bible is no longer uh, the final word as far as for, you know, godliness or, you know, how you would act in life. And basically he was saying that because this generation doesn't believe in the authority of scripture like previous generations did, that, you know, you can no longer just use the Bible when teaching them and that it's not enough anymore to teach a new generation just the Bible. You need statistics and you need stories and parables and other, and basically said that the, that God's word is no longer the final word uh, for this generation. Well, he, his denomination began to pull away from him and he had to go write an article in a Christian magazine, redefining what he said in his series and blah, blah, blah. There are churches that do not believe that God's word is divinely inspired and they don't believe that it's inerrant, you know, or even if they do believe it's inspired by God, there's places that would believe, well, you know, yes, God gave those words to the writers, but you know, they were only human. And so because they're only human, you know, human error got into the Bible because humans wrote it. No, humans did not write the Bible. They literally penned what God said. So in, in essence, God wrote his Bible. He did not allow error to come into his Bible. He did not allow error to come into his word or his scriptures through human men. No, he inspired them. He inspired them. All scripture is inspired by God. Did you know that Jesus said in the gospels, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Never. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, the word is eternal and it needs to be the basis for what you believe. So any actions that you take, so you can't clearly form your life around something that's a shaky foundation. So if you've got a church that doesn't even believe the Bible is inerrant, that doesn't even believe that it's God's holy inspired word, that it's just another holy book among holy books, that's a shaky foundation to try to base your whole life on something you don't even believe is divine. 
And that's a demonic thought process in this new generation to take us away from the inerrancy and the faith we have in the inerrancy of God's word. God's word has no error. It is eternal. It is inspired. It is from his mouth. And it is just as powerful today as when they wrote it 6,000 years ago, ten, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago. Whenever each book was written, it's just as powerful today as it was the day that it was written down. So when, you, when you're looking at a church, I heavily, heavily suggest that first you start by, many churches have this, if you go on their website, um, you can go under the what about us, and a lot of times they have a what we believe section under the about us. And um, I would check to see what their position is on scripture, because they, normally it, a lot of people just copy and paste it from, you know, if they're making their church website, a lot of them are copy and pasted from their denomination headquarters or whatever. But you need to read what they believe about the scripture. And then, I, you know, if possible, because you know, this is huge, I'm, this is not some small thing, you know, I, if possible, if you're choosing to make it your home church, I would have some questions, you know, for the elders or, or even the pastor, if you're able to meet with him, say, listen, what do you believe about the scripture? Do you believe it's God's inspired word that there's no error in it? And if you get even an inkling that he's telling you like, well, you know, I mean, you know, it, I just don't know. I don't think anyone could ever really know. I don't, you know, I'm not an authority. If you get that kind of an answer, thank him for his time and find another church. Because unless your pastor is rooted and grounded in the fact that God's word is inspired and there's no error in it and it's a supernatural book, that's not the church you need to be in. Because it takes a belief in a supernatural word to have supernatural things take place in your life. So that's number one. Your church needs to believe the Bible is God's inerrant, inspired word. Number two, second requirement of a church that I would attend and I would suggest this would be a requirement for you is that it's a church that preaches the full gospel. The full gospel. What do I mean by that? I mean it's a church that is not ashamed to preach the fullness of scripture as it's meant to be preached. And they don't lay off doctrines of the Bible because there's persecution for preaching those types of messages. What do I mean by that? I mean, it's not a church that only preaches on salvation. And once you get saved, you know, they leave you there. I'm talking about a church that not only preaches that you can be saved, but also a church that preaches that Jesus is still healing today like he did 2,000 years ago. So they will preach to you the healing message, not a church that preaches God will make you sick or that you have to suffer or sometimes if you're sick, it's God's will. No, a church that preaches that Jesus is a healer and that if you're sick, he will heal you. Not to mention, I'll go a step further, it's a church that preaches that God's desire and his will for your life is that he financially bless you, that it's part of our covenant with God, that prosperity and financial blessing is a system that God set up for his children to see them blessed, that you don't have to struggle, that you don't have to be in lack or poverty, that it's the thief that steals and that kills and destroys, but Jesus came to give us life more abundantly. A church that will not be ashamed to preach to you that it's God's desire to financially bless you, that Jesus died Revelation 5.12, to receive power and riches, riches. 2 Corinthians 8.9, Christ became poor that through his poverty he could make you rich. That it is God's desire to financially bless 
his children, those that serve him. Going further, it is a church that preaches and still believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The evidence of speaking in other tongues. They believe that being baptized in the Holy Spirit is a an experience that is subsequent to salvation. It's not the same as being saved. It is a subsequent experience. And the initial evidence that you have received that experience is speaking with other tongues, which is a heavenly language, not some foreign language. It's a heavenly language given to you by God. And then finally, they'll preach the return of Christ, that Jesus is coming back soon and that we've got to live holy and and be pleasing, our lives be pleasing to the Lord. These things need to be present in your church as they're preaching the gospel, the full gospel, as we call it, salvation, healing, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, the financial prosperity of God, and the soon return of Jesus Christ. If these things aren't being preached or they're embarrassed to preach these things, go somewhere else, and I'll tell you why. Because whatever's not preached to you, you're not you're not, you're not gaining faith in that area of your life. And if you aren't, then you can't break through in that area of your life. So if you go to a church that preaches that, you know, it's not always God's will to heal people. And sometimes God uses sickness to make them sick for his glory or to teach them a lesson. Let me give you something. Get ready to be sick. Get ready to have sickness come on you. Because if that's what you allow to be preached into your spirit, you'll have faith for sickness. You'll have faith that sometimes when it's happening, because what happens is it creates confusion in your mind. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That man should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's found in the book of James chapter one. So when you see that, you understand that confusion keeps you from receiving from God. So what's, what happens if you've got a pastor that's preaching and teaching to you that sometimes it's God making you suffer for his glory or to teach you a lesson or make you a stronger believer, then how would you ever know if an attack comes against your life, whether it's the devil or God? How do you know when you should believe for healing because it's the devil? And how do you know when you should just believe that God give you strength to get through it because it's him testing you? See, it brings confusion and it destroys your family and it's demonic. Same thing for finances. You know, if they won't preach to you that Jesus is, is a provider, that God's a provider, that he wants to give you more than enough, then when you struggle and when you have financial problems throughout your whole life, you won't think twice about it because that's just the way this world is, brother. We all, many are the afflictions of the righteous. You keep believing like that and that's all you'll have is afflictions. You'll have afflictions. You'll have credit card debt. You'll have problems. You'll never pay off your student loan debt. You'll always have to borrow. You'll never be the lender. You'll always be the borrower. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So whatever you believe, it comes from what you've heard. It comes from what you've heard. If they won't preach to you about blessing, you won't have faith for blessing. You know, and, and if they won't preach on the soon return of Jesus Christ, then nobody's mind is in an eternal place waiting and watching for the return of our Lord. And, and, and what's happened to many people, because that's not being preached as much anymore, is that people aren't living with an eternal mindset. So they don't live holy. They don't live ready to see Jesus. You know, that's a doctrine of the church, the imminent return of Christ. 
that Christ is coming back very soon and we live our lives accordingly, expecting, waiting, and watching for him to come. See? And so if these things are not in your church, if they don't preach the full gospel, get out quick. Get out quick and find a church where they are preaching the full gospel. Number three, this kind of ties in, but it needs to be said because there are churches you could go to, everything on their websites, right? We're a, we're a Holy Ghost denominational church. Yes, we believe the Bible's inerrant and inspired by God, of course. Oh, yeah, we believe Jesus is a healer. Yeah, we believe he's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, we believe that God will bless you. Oh, yeah, we believe Jesus is coming soon. But you go to the church, you can go week after week after week after week, and you'll never see a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So number three, you need to find a church where the Holy Spirit is free to move. You need to find a church where the Holy Spirit is free to move, which means that they don't mind that people are speaking in tongues in their services. They don't mind that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. They want that to happen. You know, not one of these new, you know, streamlined churches run by hipsters with, you know, beards and Birkenstocks that, you know, they don't want anybody praying in tongues because it might scare a visitor away. You need some people to get scared the way people are living in America today. You need, the Bible says that there will be some that are saved by uh, fear, hating their garments to smell like smoke. People need to get shaken out of the crap that they're living in and realize there is a supernatural force alive in the world today. And the origin of that source is Jesus Christ and God in heaven and Christ is coming back soon. And so we need churches where the Holy Ghost is free to move. Paul encouraged the Thessalonian church, do not quench the Holy Spirit. If he wants to move, don't kick him out of his house. Don't tell him he can't. Yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. People should be getting healed. People should be getting delivered in your church. People should be getting saved. People should be getting uh, uh, blessed. You know, People should be getting filled with the Holy Ghost and see him speaking in tongues and crying and getting delivered from issues in life. You know, one of the dumbest things I ever heard said, and I'm, I am angry about this because it's destroying a generation by churches that don't have the backbone to stand up for the Holy Ghost anymore. They don't have the backbone to stand up for the Holy Ghost. They're so, they're so worried about looking cool and hip and being Instagrammable that they've lost the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's a massive problem in our generation. And it need, that's why I have no desire to look like these other people. I have no desire to look like everybody else and sound like everybody else and be hip like everybody else. You can keep that. Because when you're long gone and forgotten about and nobody cares to hear what you say anymore because you still don't look good in skinny jeans, I'll still be preaching the fire of the Holy Ghost and seeing miracles and signs and wonders because I'm not basing my ministry about around how cool I am or how funny I am or how awesome my jokes are or how hip I look in my new outfit from Urban Outfitters. My ministry is based on the power of the word and the spirit and at the end of the day that there's no outfit you can wear that's going to deliver a person from a demon spirit, but there's power in the mighty word and the spirit of God to set every person free and break every yoke of bondage in Jesus name. So you need to go to a church that allows the Holy Spirit and desires the Holy Spirit to move. And you should see those manifestations in your church, not have people, well, you know, Sunday morning's not the service for that. 
You know, we'd rather, freaking unbelievable. People would rather play clips and have a let's go to the movies series and play stupid movie clips, you know, for Sunday morning to get people in the building because pastors have lost the Holy Ghost and they and they won't, you know, they can't afford to have people leave the church. They mean they need as many butts in the seats as they can because they've got a mortgage they can't afford. So they need to keep people coming and keep people happy so people will keep giving so we can have our big church that's really a huge cemetery full of dead men's bones. And that's exactly what it is. There's no power of the Holy Ghost and people can come in and people can come in bound and living in sin and sick and diseased and impoverished and leave the same exact way that they came in because there's no power in that building to change them. And that's why we need churches that are full of the Holy Ghost and pastors that are full of the Holy Ghost and evangelists that are full of the Holy Ghost so that we can see change. The Holy Spirit's the greatest gift that God ever gave us. In fact, Jesus gave it to us. He said, when I'm going, I'll send to you another comforter. I'll pray to the Father and he will send you. Hallelujah. And he did on the day of Pentecost. And now we have the mighty Holy Spirit. And we shouldn't lock him up in a cage or kick him out of his own house. I was hearing, a, a pastor told me a story. He was like, listen, he said, my denomination that I'm a part of, it's a full gospel denomination, Pentecostal. And he said, they're starting to ask all of all of the churches in their denomination now to send an extra 1% of our income to the headquarters for the purpose of church planting. And he said, I called up my, um, you know, the leader who's in, in charge of their region. And he said, I just wanted to let you know that even though it's, it's not mandatory yet, I won't be giving from my church this extra 1% um, to, to the denomination for church planning purposes. And I'll tell you why. We had a family that moved away from our church for work. And they were searching for a church in their area that was part of this denomination that they came out of, and they found one. And when they went to it, it was one of these new hip church plants, and you know, with this young pastor and whatever. And it was part of the denomination, so they went, and uh, you know, very streamlined service. And when they got to the end, and the church was church was over, they asked the pastor, "Would it be okay if we stayed around the altar and prayed in the spirit?" And the pastor said, well, no, it, it wouldn't be okay because first of all, we've not told this church that we're a spirit-filled church. And he said, and I don't really have a plan in place to tell this church that we're a spirit-filled church. So you've got a, here's a church that was planted under the banner of a Pentecostal denomination, a full gospel denomination that's taking money from that denomination and planting a church that doesn't even line up with the belief system of that denomination to the point where now they won't even let people pray in the Holy Ghost when the service is over around the altar. And I'm telling you, whether you believe it or not, more and more of this nonsense is happening where they don't want the Holy Spirit manifesting in their church services because they're afraid it'll freak somebody out. Give me a break. The Holy Ghost is not a monster. He's a comforter. He's not a monster. He's a comforter. He doesn't push people away. He draws people in. He's the one who convicts. You know, the Bible says no man can be saved unless the Spirit draws him. 
Holy Spirit's not a monster. He's a comforter. He draws you to Jesus. It's goofy people that push people away from Jesus, not the Holy Spirit. It's these nut jobs and leotards with dance flags and slippers prancing all over the front of churches that draw, that throw people out of the church and get people away from Christ, not the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost doesn't anoint you to be goofy. He anoints you to be effective. He anoints you to be full of power so that you can be a witness for him in these last days. And if you've got a church that doesn't even manifest the power of the Holy Ghost, then you need to get out and you need to get out now. Not wait three years, not wait a year, not wait six months and let your kids continue to sit in that crap and have to wade through the you know seeker-sensitive nonsense that goes on in these, I'm telling you, they're cemeteries, they're graveyards where people just sit around petting their dead spirits and it's ridiculous and you need to get out and find a Holy Ghost filled church that actually allows the spirit of God to manifest his presence. That's number three. Number four, you need to find a church where souls are being saved. The average church in America is in, has 65 people in it and doesn't win one soul to Jesus in, a, in an entire year. That's demonic. That is straight up demonic. And it needs to change. But you need to find a church where souls are being saved and discipled. Because it's, I mean, how do you ignore the Great Commission as a church? Blows my mind. Well, you know, our church is more focused on on, uh, raising up believers. Good. We'll get some more believers by getting them saved and then raising them up. You can't compartmentalize what Jesus Christ, well, that's really just not the call of our church. Bull crap. It's the, it's the call of every church. It's the call of every minister, and it's the call of every believer. You can't skip over the Great Commission and act like it doesn't exist. It's ridiculous. And so, well, you know, brother, we're just more about raising it. We let other churches, you know, uh, catch them, and when we clean them. That's stupid. That's not, that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, the Bible does not tell us to make converts. It tells us to make disciples. Disciples are different than converts. That means they are being raised up. They are being taught. But you can't do that if you're not winning them to Jesus first. And if you're at a church that no one ever gets saved in, that they don't even have altar calls. You know, I had a a pastor tell me last year, he said, man, I wish I knew more evangelists like you because, and this is not to pat my own back, but I didn't know the guy before the time I was at his church for a meeting. He said, every guy that I have in now that calls himself an evangelist, I can't even find people that'll take altar calls anymore. They won't give altar calls. They won't ask people to come forward to be saved. He said, they just don't, they gloss over it or they don't do it at all. Yeah, no wonder. We've got people with no power producing more people with no power. And then we're blown away when there's like, I don't, I don't understand where did all the power go? Well, people have let go of it and they're embarrassed of it. One thing you can mark in your book about me, I will never be embarrassed of the power of the Holy Ghost. I'll never be embarrassed of the move of the Spirit, ever, ever. I'll never be embarrassed at how God touches people and changes people. It's the thing we need the most, and I'll never be embarrassed of it. I'll fight for it for my entire life to see it happen. I will will strive for it. I'll do everything I can to make sure it's present in every meeting I ever hold. And I'm, I'm, let me just tell you something. I'm seriously thinking about, even if I'm in a meeting that I'm not holding and I'm just a guest in the crowd. And if the, if the, the service is taking a turn for the dead, I am seriously considering now 
commandeering the service, taking it over and bringing the move of the spirit back. Because I'm tired of a generation dying and go to hell because you got people that want to play movie clips and have a let's go to the movies Sunday or a month of let's go to the movies Sundays. Give me a break. Bible's not enough for people anymore. The power of the spirit's not enough for people anymore. Wake up. And souls need to be saved. You don't need to go to a church where souls aren't focused on. There's no outreach. Pastor doesn't give an altar call. There's nobody being saved. Church has stayed at the same place for the last five years. No growth, no increase, nobody coming. It's a mistake. And it shows they don't give a crap about the Great Commission. They don't care. I'm speaking strongly today on this podcast because it's a problem and it needs to be. So, and I don't want to see you in a place where you can't grow. I don't want to see you in a place where you can't have increase in your life because you're a part of a ministry that doesn't care about the Bible or the spirit. It's a mistake. You need to go to a church where souls are being saved. I get, I give thanks to God every day for churches that are seeing souls saved on a regular basis ministries that are seeing souls saved on a regular basis. Time is short. Jesus is coming back to this earth. What are people doing? We've got to get busy before it's too late because there will be a day that it is too late. The Bible says that, tells us clearly that there's a day coming that after that, there'll be no more opportunity. It's not going to be the same when Jesus comes and takes his children home and the earth slips into the into the tribulation. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. But we have a time right now, a space of grace to see people saved before it's too late. Finally, the fifth thing that it needs to be a must-have when choosing a church. The first four could be there. But the church could maybe still not be for you because it's not where the Spirit has led you. Now, one thing I need to say to you is that there's a lot of things you could do there's only one thing you should do. I'm going to say that again because it's very important. Being led by the Spirit is so important. There's a lot of things you could do, but there's only one thing you should do. God has a plan for your life and your family. He has a purpose for your life and for your family. And you need to hear this. You need to be prayerful about where you're supposed to be planted in church. God has a plan, not many plans, a plan for your life. Not many, but he has many wills. He's not double-minded. He has a plan. He has a plan for you. And you need to discover what it is. And you need to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that when he speaks, you know what he's saying. And you need to answer the call and obey what the Holy Spirit gives you as an instructions for your family life. That's how you can be blessed. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter one and verse 19, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Only takes two things, willing and obedient, and you'll eat the good of the land. God has a place he wants you to be, and you need to pray. Listen, I could move all over this country if I wanted to. I could go, there's many of the, there's many churches that um, have the first four things I talked about on this podcast. There's many churches that believe the Bible is the inspired, inerrant word of God. Many churches that preach the full gospel. Many that allow the spirit to move. There's many that are having souls saved on a weekly basis. But that doesn't mean all of those churches are for me. 
God does have a plan for my life. There is a place he wants me to be. And he wants to lead me by his spirit to the place where his blessing's been provided. So you need to pray and fast and say, God, speak to me. Where should I be planted? And follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. But the reason I left that for last is because you needed to hear the four first. Because God's spirit is never going to lead you to a place where those four things aren't present. Do you think the Holy Ghost would really lead you to a place to go to church where they don't believe his word is inspired and inerrant? He would never do that. You think the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to a place where they're ashamed to preach the full gospel? No. He's not going to lead you to a place where they kicked him out of his own house. And he's never going to lead you to a place where they're not doing what Jesus commanded us to do in his word, win souls. So those four things need to be in place. But the fifth is find the one that the Holy Ghost has for you. And when you get there, stay faithful. When the doors are open, be in church, tithe, give, volunteer, be a disciple, do what Christ has commanded you to do. And as you do, let me tell you something, the increase of heaven comes upon your life and the greatest days you've ever seen will hit your family because you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means you're obeying kingdom details and living holy. Guess what's going to happen now? All these things will be added unto you. And that's so important. I'm going to pray for you because many people are in a place right now. They know they shouldn't be at the church where they're at currently, that these things are not present. You know, they don't stand on the Bible. They don't preach the full gospel. They don't let the spirit move. They're not winning souls. Get out. And for those of you that are listening and you say, that's me. And I know it's me. I'm going to pray. God gives you the boldness, the courage, and the strength to go where God has called you to go and not where you currently are where they can, they're clearly not doing what the Bible's teaching. So let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every man, every woman that's listening to this today, give them the strength and open their eyes and lead and guide them in Jesus' name to the place where you have them planted and you desire for them to be strengthened in Jesus' name. Open their eyes and lead them clearly and let them be planted and rooted in the right place in your plan and your purpose and let your blessings flow for them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and give you praise. Amen. Listen, take a minute to share this on social media. This may be one of the most important podcast episodes I've done in a long time, and people need to get a hold of these truths in their life, and they need to be where God has commanded them to be. So take a minute, share this on Twitter, share it on Instagram, share it on Facebook, share it on Snapchat, Friendster, MySpace, share it by fax machine. Fax this to somebody today. Write it on a piece of cover paper and fax it to all your friends. They'll be blessed. I love you guys so much. And don't forget, until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 